Hi, everybody. Welcome to the KC Chiropults podcast brought to you by CATS Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Michael Perush, and I'm joined with my co-host, Dr. Troy Fox. And Troy, like usual, we're going to banner something around today. So um, <clears throat> what, what's the question or the thought of the day today? This is one that probably hits all of us. And, and I think some people run scared at times and some people bury their heads in the sands. But Alan from Oklahoma said, hey, I, I think my documentation that I do with my patients is pretty good. But I, I'm not really sure, you know, whether it is or not. One, do do you guys take a look at that stuff, and how do I find out if my documentation is good? And two, what are the real hallmarks of of you know at least minimal or adequate documentation with a patient? Okay, fair question. Fair question. Um, yes, number one, it, as a member, we do. If you're a member of our program, we we do um, review, analyze, and help help you. Uh, Correct your notes that they need to be corrected, but you know mm -hmm. we'll definitely give an opinion about it. So let's dive into the note a little bit. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's SOAP. We all know that subjective, objective assessment and plan. And it, it's really important in the subjective section. I'm just going to go through each one of them and mm -hmm. chime in. Yeah, in the subjective session, it's really important to capture what the patient is talking about. Now. That may sound obvious, but I mean, literally put quotes in there. The patient said, quote, blah, 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 end quote, because mm -hmm. that's really important. That That's kind of your proof that you were really uh, drilling down and getting the essence of what that patient's problems are, at least from their perception. Okay. Um, and make sure that you get onset dates and those kind of things. That's really important. I've seen cases before where, you know, patient comes in and they said they've been having low back pain and you don't really ask any more about it, about when it started, how it started. And you, you might miss that, well, while this onset of pain started two weeks ago, it's been off and on for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. okay? There's a difference between a chronic and an acute condition, right? So make sure you're documenting that that chronicity or acuity in, uh, in, in your notes. That's incredibly important. Uh, mechanism of trauma, incredibly important. You know, did the patient fall? Is it an insidious onset? Um, is there specific trauma related? Is it repetitive motion related, et cetera? So make sure you kind of get those key things. And of course you're born on date as I call it, the, the mm -hmm. start date. <clears throat> for the conditions, incredibly important if you're billing insurance because you have to have that to send in with your with your billing. I like to call it an anchor point. And an that's, anchor point. That's good. It, I like that. That's really what the what your your S in the SOAP or SOTAP, however you want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how, however you want to do your note, but the subjective is always the anchor point because that begins the story and it kind of directs where the rest of the story goes. It's very true. And I like that because the S kind of looks like an anchor. Mm -hmm. And you may find other things during your objective portion of the exam 
that the patient wasn't aware of. I mean, we've all had a patient lay down on the table and they go, I don't have any low back pain. And then they lay down on the table and you palpate them. And they're like, oh yeah, my fifth lumbar, you know, they usually don't say that. Yeah, mm -hmm. my low back is killing me right now while I'm laying here on the table. I thought you didn't have any low back pain. Oh yeah, I've had that going off and on for years. And now I can go back to my subjective and add that in there. So again, it's still the anchor point. I may, I may discover some things during the objective portion of it, but I, I like to call it the anchor point because that's that's really where everything begins. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you that almost always, if you haven't discovered something the patient wasn't aware of, you're not digging hard enough in mm -hmm. your exam. <clears throat> you know, there's there's not a patient that comes in that says they're having low back pain, for example, and uh, you palpate the IT band and about lights them up off the table. So, yeah, you know, and they didn't even know it. <clears throat> so. Or you do, or you do a muscle test, which I, you know, a lot of times with athletes that are really strong, you know, I love soccer players with, with tree trunk legs with low back problems and they come in and they're, they're strong as an ox right. and they come in, well, I just got a little tweak in my low back and you go through muscle testing and show them just how weak they are. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, look how susceptible you are to injury when you're like that. So there's a lot to be yeah. learned sometimes that the patient doesn't already know. That's why you're the doctor. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So be sure to check those kind of things. So obviously we've already kind of fallen into the O, the objective mm -hmm. part here just a little bit. <clears throat> and in your objective part, just make sure that if, if the patient's condition is lumbar related and you happen to do some cervical tests, for example, make, make sure that you, you're documenting why you did those things. Why did you do that? You know, <clears throat> it, it's, it's easy to kind of skip around just a little bit. So a good example would be patient comes in and they've got upper mid back pain. Okay. And you're palpating along. Well, what's above the upper mid back, the cervical spine, mm -hmm. and you get into C7 and C6 and there's restricted motion and there's tenderness on palpation and those kind of things. Connect the dots. Connecting mm -hmm. the dots in your notes is incredibly important. <clears throat> also, what do your tests mean? You know, what does Kemp's test mean, for example, mm -hmm. or if you do pelvic extension muscle test, explain what it is, why you did it, and what the outcome of the test is. Oh, it was a four out of five on muscle testing. Mm -hmm. You know, so make sure you make sure you equate it back to everything. <clears throat> so connecting the dots throughout your notes is incredibly important. Each section is not independent of itself. It should right. all flow together like a story. But I, but I agree with you 100%. If you're going to add something then that you didn't see in the subjective and they go, no, I'm not, you know, but it's tied in like that mid back neck thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're either going to see that on, on an postural evaluation. So it's really easy to tie it in. Hey, I'm going to do a cervical exam as well based on postural evaluation that, you know, right. left shoulder was high, right shoulder low, whatever, <laughs> uh, or range of motion, right. you know. You start going, I mean, if you've got mid-back, obviously you're going to want to go through some some range of motion or you're going to want to go through some motion palpation and all of a sudden you start seeing restriction in the upper thoracic or upper thoracic into the lower cervical. Mm -hmm. Now that warrants some investigation in the lower cervical as well. So it's real easy to get there. It's not like you, <clears throat> it's not like right. you have to 
<clears throat> do some sort of, you know, massive ortho neuro exam to figure out why you would get into the cervical spine or why you might go down into the lumbar spine, a little motion palpation, postural exam, a range of motion will get you there. Right. Think of it this way. You, you're writing a story <clears throat> about a, a kid in uh, who, who runs track. I'm just making something up here. Mm -hmm. Who runs track. Okay. So in, in the first chapter, you talk about Johnny runs the, the one mile event and he does really well. And then you skip the next five chapters and all of a sudden the, the story, the chapter starts out Johnny in his wheelchair and you're thinking, mm -hmm. well, wait a minute. Johnny was just running the one mile event and, and, and was the winner. How did we get to the wheelchair? And so, that's, I was going to say, that's exactly where we're headed with assessment because yeah, here's a big problem that we see with assessment. The S and the O all talk about cervical stuff. Yeah. Cervical and upper thoracic. And you get down to your assessment and your plan and what you're doing to treat the patient. And all of a sudden we're doing lumbar stuff. Right. We're adjusting in the lumbar. We're putting therapies in the lumbar. And we go back up to your subjective and objective and, and there's, there's a story nothing there. There's no there's story about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you put down that you palpated L5 or something mm -hmm. on a, on a patient with a cervical issue, mm -hmm. but you didn't really tie anything in. Did you mm -hmm. palpate L5 because there's a connection between motion and, and restricted motion if there's restricted motion at C1, there's also probably restricted motion at L5. You can just tie it all together. Mm -hmm. Just tie it all together. So just, just think chiropractically. Think functionally. <clears throat> and remember to tie back in to the patient's condition, your findings. This is, this is going back to assessment. The, the patient's condition, your findings, and how that affects patient function. You know, does it affect their ability to work? Does it affect their ability to play golf, get down on the floor and play with the grandkids? You know, whatever, whatever it might be. Okay. Hey, so what, this, what do they, what do they call yeah. those things? Activities of daily living. I there believe. we go. And those are kind of important in notes because they're a really great way. We, we just had a discussion off camera about my dad and long-term care and yeah. ADLs not matching between caregivers and doctors, and that creates some real problems. So you need to make sure that you're addressing ADLs in your notes as well. Yeah, that's huge. That's mm -hmm. huge because and, and ADLs are going to help you play into your goals <clears throat> and those kind of things. And little sidebar here, if you're not doing outcome assessment questionnaires, and I know mm -hmm. patients hate them, I know your staff probably hates them because there's more paperwork to give the patient. I'm telling you, outcome assessment questionnaires are like individually wrapped and sliced cheese. Mm -hmm. They're one of the greatest inventions for chiropractors ever because we're supposed to treat function and your goals are supposed to be function related. And the outcome assessment tool does it all for you. And it gives you an objectifiable score that you can then track. It's a so. silver, it's a silver platter with everything that you want on it. And, and the right. patient is heavily involved in that process. And it also sometimes brings patients to the realization that they're better than they thought they were. Look at where I was at when I began and look at my outcome assessment now. Wow. Right. Right. I've, I've actually improved a lot more than I thought. Right. So. You, take a, you take a typical treatment plan over four to six weeks 
you know, your, your patient doesn't really remember how bad it was, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. especially if they had a, you know, just a nice steady, slow progression of care, they forget. Yeah. So you, you can take them and tell them, Hey, you went from a 60% disability to less than 10. You're great. It's time it's for a, wellness. It's a great thing. And, and it's a thing that you as the doctor have to plan for because it integrates directly into your notes you have to plan for it. You have to do it. We see a lot of times where people go, well, I was too busy or I had a problem patient walk in right when I was getting ready to do that outcome assessment with that patient or have them do it. And we tend to drop the ball sometimes for not good reasons. And all that does is creates a situation where you get audited. They happen to pull the note because you're going to tell us it's the only time it's ever happened, right? They pull, they pull, they pull the note that you didn't somehow get an outcome assessment done, or you did kind of a haphazard job of getting the notes taken care of. That the story didn't really flow from front front to back, you know. And and I spend a lot of time reading through what different state boards look at when they, you know, when you get to a point where you got the state board looking at your notes, you, you, you're, you're really in a situation, yeah, you know, it's one thing to have an insurance company look at them, but I look at what state boards look at as well. So far as meeting minimum requirements, you should know what those are. You should look at your state laws and know what a minimum, what minimum recording requirements are for your notes. But as well, it doesn't hurt to read through a couple of unfortunate situations where a doctor got called on the carpet and here's what was missing from his notes and why it didn't flow. And it, it and it's the same story to where the story breaks down partway through the notes every time, kind of like what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so back, back to your assessment, the assessment is mm-hmm. also where you're going to put your diagnosis. So make mm-hmm. sure your diagnosis is really telling the story because that's how you get to tell. It's the cliff note version of your story, basically, right. that you're going to send to the insurance company with your billing. So make sure it's congruent. We're always back to that word. Make sure mm-hmm. it's congruent <clears throat> with your story. So if a patient comes in, they've got cervical issues, you don't really find anything else anywhere you know, anywhere else in the spine, it's all relegated to cervical. Why do you have a lumbar diagnosis? Mm -hmm. If you need a lumbar diagnosis in your story, then tell the precursor chapters in the S and O of why that's in the story. Don't just all of a sudden drop a lumbar, even if it's just a lumbar subluxation, don't just all of a sudden drop that in there just because Mm -hmm. you want to make sure you get to a 98941. Right. That's going to red flag. Yeah. Every time. It's like watching a movie and all of a sudden they introduce a new character and it's, it's a B movie. They did a really bad job on it and no they introduced a new character and there's no development. You have no idea who this character is and where they came from. And it just irritates you during the movie. Now imagine right. me auditing your notes and I go, where did this lumbar diagnosis come from? And I look back and I go, it's nowhere to be seen until three quarters of the way through the movie. Right. Yeah. 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 Where'd this guy Marty all of a sudden come from? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So make sure, make sure your, your assessment section is really speaking to what's going on because that then leads into your plan Mm -hmm. and your diagnosis is based on everything that happened in those chapters before you get to pee. Mm -hmm. And so your plan has to match up with your diagnosis and your, your, um, objective findings and so forth. So, um, 
you know, I know a lot of docs use sprain strain diagnoses. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that makes sense depending on your case, especially if you've got a, an athlete or somebody had a little bit of trauma, but here's the other thing you have to know about your diagnosis codes is they all have a relative time value to them. I'm not talking about how long you can do therapy. I'm talking about how long you get to treat the patient based on your diagnosis. Mm -hmm. If you have a very, very simple diagnosis, you may be, and you don't realize it, but you may be relegating yourself to only maybe three to six visits. Mm -hmm. It may be less with some insurance companies. Every insurance company has their own model of how many visits they want you to have, so to speak, for that kind of a diagnosis. So if you've got a patient who's got a very... Uh, I'm trying to make about uh, think of a way to explain it. If you got a patient that comes in, they got two out of ten pain. Mm -hmm. okay. Is is that super acute? No, it's no. not. You know, they probably have some stiffness and those kind of things. You're probably not going to be able to diagnose an 18 to 24 visit treatment plan. They no. come in with nine out of 10 pain and there was trauma involved and you got multiple orthopedic tests that are positive and the patient can barely get up off the table and their ADL score is really high. You better not have a simplified diagnosis because you're going to do the patient a disservice and you're not going to get the 24 visits you might need. You're going to get six. And I think that really plays in when we get to that point. You said something really important. Your diagnosis must, must match the rest of the story. So yep. I shouldn't have a really complicated diagnosis with a two out of 10 pain with a guy that said he tweaked his back playing golf this weekend, has never had low back pain before in his life. And the none only of thing your orthopedic tests are positive. None of my orthopedics are positive. I've just got simple low back pain. Nor should I have. Uh, you know, a, a simple diagnosis with somebody that came in on a car accident exactly. that has multiple, multiple complaints in the subjective. And, I, and I've got like simple low back pain, you know, not a, I don't even have a sprain strain diagnosis in there. I've just right. got simple low back pain. And then all of a sudden I jump to how many treatments I'm going to give to the patient then at that point. And now I go back to the subjective and I say, I'm, I'm going to see this patient three times a week over a four week time frame. We're going to reevaluate after each six visits. And the person reading the notes is going, where did that come from? Because the diagnosis doesn't reflect that need. So that's exactly. where the story has to match all the way through. Yeah, it's exactly congruency, like you said earlier. And here's the funny thing. It's your A and your P mm -hmm. that throw up the red flag at the insurance company. Mm -hmm. It's because if they're not congruent and, and how do they see your A and your P? Well, they see the treatment code you sent in. They see the number of times you build under mm -hmm. that diagnosis and they see the diagnosis codes. So that's your A and P. <clears throat> So they're seeing that up front. You throw enough red flags up, what do they do? They want to come and look at your S and O. Mm -hmm. And that's where they get you. Once yeah. they start looking at your S and O along with their A with your A and P and the story doesn't match, that's when they say, Yeah, we'd like some money back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or we're gonna kick you off this panel or whatever right. else it might be. The other small thing that we see, and I say it's small, it's really not small, but the other thing that we see is sometimes they do have a simple diagnosis. You know, uh, Dr. Perush comes in to me for, for simple neck pain. Mm -hmm. He slept on his neck funny. There's no trauma involved. Orthopedics are negative. He's just got a stiff neck and he needs adjusted. 
And so I adjust him a couple of times and, and, you know, we, 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 in our own minds set and think, okay, that's a very simple diagnosis code. I, you know, that patient, the problem is, is, is Mike's coming to me and he's saying, Hey, I need more care. I'm, you know, this chiropractic care is really working for me. And, and I'm digging how I feel when I get chiropractic care. Can I come back in next week? Can I come back in the week after that? You know, and now all of a sudden you start to get a little bit nervous because you're thinking, okay, that diagnosis code has maybe run its course. And then what we see is what I call the, the, the lazy switch. And the lazy switch is where we don't change anything else in the notes. The guy still got, you know, Mike still got neck pain, but now all of a sudden I've got a lumbar diagnosis down there. That's another issue that we run into. And it, it, it's, I know it's human nature sometimes that we, we, we just, we're like, man, you know, I'm a really good chiropractor, but I really hate taking notes. Well, join the club. Cause I don't, I, I haven't found a way I've gone from handwritten notes in the infancy of my practice to really cool computer programs that we're using now. And you know what? Notes still aren't fun. No, of course they just not. aren't. It's not the fun side of practice. It's the necessary no. side of practice. <laughs> it is. <laughs> And, and you, you said something and I know you did this on purpose because you know, that gets me on my soapbox. Mm-hmm. Don't play the insurance game. Don't, no. don't play the, the game of, well, I'm going to keep trying to build the insurance. I'm going to change the diagnosis here or there to keep it going. Have an honest conversation with the patient about maintenance care. And when the patient's done with care, you know, when they're done with care, when they're done with care, move them over to wellness and take them off of insurance and charge them mm-hmm. cash. It's not hard. People, doctors sometimes want to avoid that conversation. Don't avoid it. Just be honest about it. I'm telling you, if you do it right, and we teach this, mm-hmm. if you do it right, 85% or more of your patients will convert to maintenance without a problem. Yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way, and yep. and and you've got to have your head space straight too, because exactly. you have to you have to be of the mindset that your patients want that care. That and sometimes I think that we do question ourselves: Are they just here because they have a low copay on their insurance? And if I and if I talk to them about wellness care, or I talk to them about continuation of care, even though they're asking for it, mm-hmm. they may not follow through if I tell them they have to pay for it. I, I don't think that's true at all. But again, it goes back to congruency. I think we could just have, we could just call every class we do congruency 101, 102. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a lot of what we do in practice deals with, with this six true. inches right here and then true. how we operate. And, and sometimes if, you're, if your headspace is right, it sure makes it a lot easier to practice. It makes it a lot easier to tell a patient, hey, here's where we're at right now with your insurance they're likely not going to pay for any more care. They're going to deny claims anyway. Let's, let's get you moved over to a cash program. And then it's between you and I at that point determination, you know, Hey, if if you're wanting to get some additional care and you feel like that's benefiting you, you know, I got a lot of guys, you know, you always kind of work with people that are like-minded. I got a lot of golfers that are patients and, and I got patients that are golfers that are going to pay for care. And you know why? Because, they want to be functional when they go out and play golf and, and Absolutely. they're willing to pay for it. So, Absolutely. you know, and that's not my decision. That's theirs. Right. Right. Yeah. I treat some professional golfers and, mm-hmm. you know, they get care quite often. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, great topic. Um, yeah. Just remember your notes, the, the short and sweet of it. I'm in, 
Troy's favorite word, it's congruency. Just make sure your S-O-A-M-P all match up, matches up with your billing, et cetera, and uh, you should be good to go. And if you're a member and you ever want us to look at your notes, of course, we do that. So, all right, everybody. I think that's uh, I think that's a wrap for this one, Troy. All right. Yeah, I, I know it's not a real sexy topic, but man, it's one it's that important. hits everyone. So absolutely, we appreciate you guys listening to us today, and we'll be back with another exciting topic. Right? How do they get a hold of you in the meantime if they if they want to talk with us? Easy. Catsconsultants.com. Cats with a K. If you want to schedule a breakthrough call, just go to the top right corner of the main page of the website. Click on schedule a consult. You go right to my calendar. Let's talk about your practice. Let's just see what your vision is for your practice. We'll go from there. So we do those for free just because we like giving back. And I like hearing what doctors have to say about their practices. Yep. All right, everybody. We're out for this one. So thanks for tuning in to the KC Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success. So be sure to check us out at catsconsultants.com. And from all of us here, stay well adjusted.